Welcome to Restoration Road Online. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Awesome. You always love when the sirens go off when you're ready to preach. Today we're going to finish up our Advent Sermon Series. Like I said earlier, we talked about hope, peace, joy, and we'll finish up with love today. Love's a very important thing to be thinking through, of course, all of life, but we have a special time during the holidays to think about love and seeing the sign of love given. This is going to seem like a funny example because it's not a Christmas movie, but I'm going to use it because you're going to remember it. And I'm a big Mel Gibson fan of his movies. I know he went off the rails a little bit, but we've got to show him some grace, right? The movie Signs. I don't know if you saw that movie, some of you. There's this priest who experiences tragedy. He loses his wife in a tragic car accident. He sees his family struggle, and he begins to lose faith. He actually gives up for a time and says, I don't even know if I want to do this vocation anymore. And the movie ensues. And they're kind of in a tragedy, kind of a world, you know, kind of a cosmic event, if you would. Is the world going to end or not? Those kind of questions being asked. And they're kind of bunkered up in their home. They're tempted to live in fear. And he's there with his brother, Joaquin Phoenix. He's not called Joaquin Phoenix in it. I don't know his name. (laughs) <laughs> but, and he gives like the big brother speech to his little brother and I'm not going to get it perfect but I'm going to give you the idea of what was said I'm going to paraphrase he says there's two groups of people in the world there's those who see everything that happens in life as just a coincidence it's pure luck it's by chance And there's another group of people that see there's someone out there to help them and they're not alone. And because they believe that, fear does not overtake their life. They see things that happen in life as signs that someone greater cares for them and they see them as miracles. What kind of person are you? Are you someone who sees the world that you're all alone? That there's no God looking out for you? And anything good that happened to you was by chance? And anything bad that happened to you was by chance? Are you a someone who has seen since you were born that God has been giving you signs? And this isn't all just a by chance but he's been watching out for you and he's been showing you and calling you and leading you to believe and trust him so you don't have to live in fear anymore my hope today is that you see the sign you've been looking for and you see it in Jesus Christ so here's the road we're going to take today We're going to talk about asking for a sign, missing the sign, and seeing the sign of love. 
the text, the scripture passage that Wyatt read to us, that was written 700 years before Jesus was even born. It was a prophecy given, and the text I read in Matthew was Matthew, a disciple of Jesus, saying, Jesus' birth is a fulfillment of this prophecy given. Now, a lot of us might not know the background of how this prophecy was given. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. It was actually given to an evil king. I don't know if you know that. His name was King Ahaz. He was an evil king. It says that this man did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. But he was living in fear at the moment because the northern kingdom of Israel, the king there, was teaming up with the king of Syria. And they were conspiring to destroy King Ahaz and Judah. And it says when they heard this news, when they heard that they were going to be attacked by both Syria and the northern kingdom of Israel, it says the people shook like trees in the wind. Isn't that what fear feels like? You shake like a tree in the wind. So this is how Ahaz feels. This is how his people feel. God sends the prophet Isaiah. We've been learning through this whole Advent series from Isaiah to Ahaz. And he says this to Ahaz. God, through his instrument, Isaiah, he says, ask me for any sign, and I'll give it to you. As deep as Sheol and as high as the heavens. Now, if you got that question from a prophet of God, what would you ask for in your time of fear? Ahaz seems to give a noble answer, but it's really covering up his self reliance. Ahaz says, I would never test God and ask him for a sign. And Isaiah's kind of fed up. He's like, you've made men weary. Now do you want to make God weary? He didn't like the answer that King Ahaz gave. And God does this. He said, you didn't ask for a sign. I'm giving you one anyways. Some of you here aren't even asking for signs. I want to live my life and you see the trail of God pursuing you, showing you grace, calling you, and showing you that he wants you to take a different direction that is in step with love. Now the question becomes, is it okay to ask for a sign? Because with Ahaz, he said, I wouldn't tempt God like that because he had already tried to make a pact with the king of Assyria and had, you know, um, negotiated some silver and gold from the temple. So he was trying to protect himself. See, every time we try to protect ourselves and think we're the primary protector of ourselves, we will be a people of anxiety. We will be a people of fear. Because when we really think through it, we really understand how frail we really are. When we're honest with ourselves, we all know we're not as strong as we hope. And the world can't rest on our shoulders. We're, we're frail. We're dependent creatures. And so Ahaz said, I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. I'll protect myself. He, when he had God on his side, ask me for anything and I'll show you that you can trust me. And the question becomes, is it okay to ask God for signs? 
I'm going to give you a complex answer. Yes and no. Yes and no. Sometimes asking for a sign can come from the wrong place. Sometimes it just can come from a frail place. Sometimes it can come from a bad place. We have to allow God to search our hearts. You know, there was Gideon in the Bible. Gideon was called to be a great warrior that led 300 to overcome the enemies of God at the time. And he asked God for a sign, and God gave it. He put out a fleece and the dew on it. But then you have other situations where people ask for signs, and it was not a good thing. Because they missed the sign that was right in front of them. So I'm just going to read from Matthew 12, 28, uh, 38 through 40 real quick here. Because I want you guys to see sometimes asking for a sign is good. Sometimes our hearts can be off. And that was the case with the religious leaders in Jesus' day. And I'm going to read right here. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you see that interaction there? These are the people who end up crucifying Jesus. They said, let us see a sign. He said, you'll get no sign but this. Just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale and then he was metaphorically alive again, the Son of Man will be in the ground. He will rise again on in three days. It's so interesting because God gives a sign, yet they were asking for the wrong reason. It's a tension there. And you'll see this with God. Even when he caused plagues to fall on Egypt, he said, See these signs and these wonders as a sign that I'm for you and I'm powerful. But the Pharisees and the religious leaders' hearts, they were off. What caused them not to see the sign right in front of them? They're asking for a sign, and the Son of God in the flesh is right in front of them. Why do you think that they were blind to the sign of the Christ? I would say at least one reason is pride. They had built a system where people praise them when Jesus will rebuke them he says you don't pray because you really want God to answer your pray prayers you pray on the corners with trumpets because you want people to see you so you look spiritual see their treasure was not God he says when you go to sit at dinner or a celebration you want the seat up front so everyone listen you're on the front rows we ain't judging you today But they wanted the seats up front in front of everyone so they would see him as prestigious. And so they would praise them. They didn't give to the poor because they loved the poor or empathized with the poor. They gave to the poor so people saw them as people of integrity when really they, inwardly they were wolves, Jesus said. So when that sign, Jesus comes in front of them and they're saying, show us a sign and the Son of God is there, they don't want to see that sign. Heard Christopher Hitchens the other day say, um, just on an old YouTube debate, he said, this is not why I don't believe in God, but 
I don't want to believe in God because if there is a God, I think he's a tyrant. Do you see the process there? He doesn't even want to see the sign because if it's true, it means he has to change his life. And many times we don't want to see the sign right in front of us because it means total heart transformation. Let me tell you this. The great lie that is if you act like it's not there, your life will be better. The truth is when you see the sign and you humbly fall before God and say, I believe you are the Christ Jesus. I repent. I need grace. That's where transformation and love is really found. Now, maybe the Pharisees thought. Maybe they thought that life was better without Christ because the praise of man was just so glorious to them. Maybe they created a value system that they felt like they had to protect themselves because if they didn't love themselves, maybe no one would. Who knows? It's probably complex in the human soul. But I think we all can build up systems where we miss the signs that are right in front of us. And it could be for protective reasons. It could be for, you know, not good reasons. But I want all of us to really think today, am I missing the sign of seeing Jesus? Or am I missing the sign that God's trying to give me in my life to change direction in certain areas? Years ago, me and my family, I don't know if you've been in New England long enough, you've been to Santa's Village if you're a parent. Who's been to Santa's Village? In the other places, Storyland. It's been a few years. My daughter's a teenager now. So you hit Storyland, then you hit Santa's Village. So we went to Santa's Village, and there was like 5.2 million people who had gone that day, and they were still giving out tickets. So we wanted to get one more ride on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know that ride? It, it has a drop, though. They act like it's a kid's roller coaster, and I'm trying to act like a strong dad. So we, we milked it. We waited to the last minute till it closed. But all of a sudden, it started to blizzard out. I'm talking New Hampshire blizzard. A New Hampshire blizzard is different than a Massachusetts blizzard. Because they don't have street lights there. Have you noticed someplace in New Hampshire there's no street lights? So I pull out. And listen, I got pulled over twice in my life for driving too slow. I'm a slow driver. One time was with Natalie. I was just looking at her beauty so much. I just was driving slow. Car pulled me over. But it was snowing so bad that the windshield wipers didn't help. I couldn't see any signs. It was one of the most stressed I've ever been in life, period. Never mind the road. Because you know how also in New Hampshire, they have guardrails sometimes. But sometimes there's no guardrails. You're looking at a mountain. I'm like, that's 300 feet down. We need to get a policy in here for some guardrails. So I'm thinking if I hydroplane, I could be off, right? When I finally got through all that snow, I couldn't see anything. I could not see the signs. I couldn't see the lights. It took us three hours to get home on a one-hour ride. I was so thankful. All fear was gone because when you can't see the signs, fear wins. When you can't see the signs, I, anxiety owns your life. In the things, the blizzards of our hearts, if you would, 
are the things we aren't confronting that God wants to wipe away so we can have a clear conscience and see the signs and see his love and enjoy the love of God. My prayer today is that we see the sign of love. You know, the answer that God gave through Isaiah to King Ahaz was, I'm going to give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel means? God with us. This is a very important thing. Jesus Christ is unlike any person born into this world because he is, the scripture teaches, God's own son. Fully God and fully man, the second person of the Trinity incarnate into human history. Mary was favored by God and the Holy Spirit caused her to conceive. Jesus had no human father. God is his father. That sign of love is the sign that the world is looking for, that we are looking for, because it says that God loves us. Amen? He did not and will not abandon us. We are not alone. The greatest sign the world has ever seen and will ever seen is the birth of God's son into this world. And the good news is it didn't stop there. He would live a life of perfect love. And when you perfectly love, you don't sin. See, sin is just a lack of love. That's all it is. It's when we choose ourselves over others. When we choose ourselves over the glory of God. And when you walk in perfect love, and you are loved like Jesus is, you do not trespass against your neighbor. You live in a manner which your actions glorify God. And God the Son glorified God, glorify God the Father with every single breath that he took. And you know what happens when perfect love enters a world that can be selfish? That world murders love. Why? And this ties in. Because they didn't want to see the sign, because the sign meant they had to change, and it was God's glory and not their own. And he goes on that cross, and you want to see even further a sign that God loves the world and loves you? He allows his only son to be executed for our sin. Parents, ask me, ask yourself, if you would give up your child for the people who would murder them. This is a love that is so hard to understand, that is so deep, because it's God's love. And Jesus from the cross cries out a prayer that resonates in my soul from the first day I heard it. And you've heard it too. Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, that's love. 
We don't love when we act like judge and jury for other people in our lives. When we allow God to be judge, we can truly love. I'll share something personal with you right now that I didn't plan on sharing, but I think it's important. I shared last week my stepfather passed away in June. He died of, uh, he died of lung cancer. And so I think he's not alive, but I think he would want me to share this with you because I think it shows his heart. He texted me just for some help because he was struggling, and we text back and forth. And in the text, he put, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. I'm sorry for the way I treated you. Now, the thing is, I forgave him years ago. Years ago. I forgave him because Christ has forgiven me of so much. The measuring stick is not if someone deserves it, because none of us do. I have sinned against God in horrible ways. There's at times I've been an enemy of God, where my own glory was my greatest treasure. And I have no right in the law of love to judge others and condemn others when Christ has forgiven me of so much. Friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, we all have people that have mistreated us, hurt us, wounded us, and we've hurt and mistreated others too. It is only because of the sign of love that is Christ that we can forgive, forget, and love. See, because... Christ died for us because he was born and lived perfectly and died for our sins and we see that sign of love it sets us free from fear that now we can freely love others you know one of the greatest fears is that we'll love and not get love back but now our identity can be in God loves me so even if people don't love me back I can follow the wonderful beautiful law of love and love them anyways Pray for them any, anyways. Speak good of them anyways. Because the greatest sign of love has already been shown to us. I'm just going to read one last verse as we come to a, a close here. It's found in 1 John 4.18. This is important with understanding love. That's 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected, perfected in love. See, the love of God perfects us in a way that we don't live in fear anymore. It takes away anxiety because fear has to do with punishment. Some of us might not know how much deep down we feel like God is just ready to pour his wrath out on us. And what this sign of love shows us is the wrath has been poured out on Jesus Christ and we are free. Amen? So we can rejoice today in the love of God. 
We can really say Merry Christmas, even though I don't fully say it right. I say, Merry, Merry, I got a bad accent. Pray for me. We can rejoice because we have nothing to fear. Because fear has to do with, I can't trust anyone. You can trust Jesus. He will never let us down. He never has. All the suffering you've been through, it will work out for good. No more fear. Some of us didn't ask for a sign, but God gave us one. Jesus. Let's not miss the sign this season. Let's see the greatest sign the world has ever seen. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name is Emmanuel, Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you have been so gracious to us. The love that you have shown us is incredible. Even as we sing these last couple songs to rejoice in you, we want you to know how much we love you, revere you, and worship you. Thank you for the gift of God with us, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Sunday's sermon at Restoration Road. We hope it blessed you and invite you to join us for next service at 10 a.m. on Sunday. God bless.